From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. Chambers of Commerce play a critical role in communities, working to provide collaboration opportunities between local businesses and the public sector. Today on the CogCast, we are joined by President and CEO of the Marietta Woldemar Chamber of Commerce, Patrick Ellis, as he shares about how the Chamber is working to champion, engage, and promote a dynamic business community in Southwest Riverside County in the midst of COVID-19. So Patrick, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, Can you just start us off by sharing about your own professional background? Um, sure. So um, I am the president and CEO of the Marriott Oldemar Chamber of Commerce. I have been in this position now for uh, just over eight years. Um, prior to that, I was the uh, president and CEO for the Moore Park Chamber of Commerce up in Ventura County. Hmm. I was there uh, since 07. Prior to that, I had my own insurance agency and, and uh, was in private business and in my prior lives, I've done a lot of different things. I've done sales, I've done, you know, physical work, I've done everything that you can think of. So, which I think helps me perspective wise on what I do now and working with so many different types of businesses. Definitely, I'm sure. So this might be a little bit of a controversial question to start off with, but what is your favorite, maybe local restaurant? Um, I'm sure I will hear from others, but um, (laughs) I think, but I don't think anyone's gonna be surprised by my answer. Uh, but it, it it will it's the Mill Restaurant in in downtown Marietta. Okay, uh, it's long time been there for over twenty five years. Um, just phenomenal, you know, local watering hole with you know perfect you know pizza sandwiches and salads. Um, just and and just one of the best atmospheres. Okay, awesome. What's your go to thing there? Like to order? Oh, okay, so <laughs> uh, Adam's gonna hate this. So I go, I kind of go off menu. So they they have a salad on the menu, which is a barbecue chicken salad. Okay. So I get that, but I get it with pulled pork instead of the barbecue chicken. Okay, that sounds it's, awesome. It's, it's pretty damn incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard that, everyone. Go get the pulled pork barbecue chicken, not really salad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, jumping more into the discussion portion of the podcast, um, as the president and CEO of the Marietta Ch- Wildemar Chamber of Commerce, can you just start us off with just a very basic definition of what is maybe the purpose of a Chamber of Commerce? Oh, sure. Uh, so a Chamber of Commerce is, we're, so we're basically a, uh, a membership-based organization. So we have, you know, roughly about um, 750, 800 members. Um, all the pay dues um, to become a member of the chamber. So we have, most of our members are from Myriad and Wildemar, but we have members from Temecula, Lake Elsinore, Riverside, Corona, Menifee, you know, all all over, just depending on if they one, want to market into the area or just have the support uh, of the chamber. Um, And then what do we do for those members? Well, it it varies based on the member. but most of the things we do are provide networking opportunities. So, you know, providing whether it's uh, connecting businesses to uh, another business for for uh, transactions or, you know, connecting them to customers. Mm-hmm. Um, we represent business to government. So we are at um, all the city council meetings, uh, making sure that the the all of the elected 
our understanding of the business needs um, and making sure that they're not doing anything that's too restrictive for business, especially mm-hmm. locally. Um, we do uh, advocacy. So we travel to Sacramento on a pretty regular basis, talking to our legislators. Uh, we take positions on uh, whether it's bills going through the legislature in, in Sacramento or, um, you know, they just uh, release the propositions for this upcoming November's ballot. Um, you know, we'll go through those over the next month or two and, and evaluate those and see which ones may have effect to business. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then we'll, you know, either let people know that we're in support or opposition to any one of those. Um, so they understand the impacts that those can have to business. Um, you know, and then it's, it's also then, uh, just growing the business, right? So creating an environment within the communities that we serve, um, to have a good business environment. Hmm. Um, so on an overall basis, so whether it's, you know, working on, um, sign ordinances, whether it's, uh, working with, um, marketing opportunities, um, you know, there's a lot of different, um, things that we're working on now, which are um, probably, we'll probably talk more about having to do obviously with our, you know, being in the COVID age that mm-hmm. we are, um, you know, of, of things that we, that we're doing with local businesses to help to support them. So mm-hmm. um, those are kind of it in a nutshell, um, but it's not like we're one thing to everyone. Um, we usually are something to everyone in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It really does sound like the chamber's role is like one of the core, I guess, principles is like that adaptability of seeing what the needs are of each business and then trying to see what arm already that what arm can be best suited for that business's needs, if you will, whether that's advocacy or business support or whatever that might be. Right. So yeah. for Marietta Waldemar, you said that you have 700 to 800 members. So what kind of industries are represented? That might be a huge question given yeah. the magnitude of your membership. Yeah, it, and it, 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 very, it, it varies a lot, um, which, which is why we do different things for different businesses, right? So we have you know, everything from Abbott, you know, one of the largest businesses here in Southwest Riverside mm-hmm. County, um, you know, down to your local, you know, Norwex or Mary Kay, you know, representative working out of their house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we have the school districts as members, we have the cities as members. So we have everything from municipality to large business, medium business, small business. Um, the bulk of our membership, though, is going to be in that small to mid-sized business. So we're probably, you know, anything between, you know, five and twenty um, employees is probably the majority of what our membership is. Kind of switching gears a little bit, um, what do you think are the, some of the top issues or opportunities that are happening right now that aren't getting the attention that they deserve? Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, immediately because of what's going on, uh, you know, in our in our, in our world with with you know COVID nineteen and everything, um, we've been talking a lot. Is when, when this kind of all started, we obviously had the, you know, Federal Cares Act that was mm-hmm. passed, which, you know, provided the PPP and idle loans. Um, those were, those were good. They were, you know, there were a lot of businesses here locally that took advantage of that, especially the PPP. But we knew right when those were announced 
that that was basically a band-aid. We knew that that was only going to be something that's only going to last for for a little period of time because, you know, the way it was rolled out and and that you had to use it in a certain period of time, specifically the PPP, um, it, it, it only had really about an eight to 12 week, you know, shelf life to an extent. Um, and, and they've extended it and given some opportunities, but it really was like, use this now and get it out. The other challenge of it though, was, is it really was more of almost like a employer driven unemployment pro, you know, program because it, all of the money was supposed to be used or pre- predominantly most of the money is supposed to be used for the employees, which is good. And, and, you know, not to criticize that too much, but the employers, the business owners themselves then are kind of left, you know, holding the, you know, holding the, the, the purse to kind of figure out the rest of it on their own. The challenge now is, is we've kind of gotten past that. And because Congress hasn't done anything since then, there's a lot of businesses that are now at that point where it's a tipping point and without another something to help. Um, and granted, we have some nice programs going on locally, you know, with either city or, or the county, especially doing the different grants, mm-hmm. um, which is helping a little bit. And that's definitely helping a lot of the small businesses right now. But there's 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 this uncertainty right now of obviously with what's going on in the state, but also that there's no discussion or not a concrete discussion taking place right now on a second CARES Act or HEROES Act mm-hmm. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that businesses are in the in an uncertain uh, time. And one of the biggest challenges that I've been talking about is for business, one of the things that we've always counted on was time certainty, right? Mm-hmm. As business people, we schedule stuff. I know that I can expect I can get this done by a certain point of time or I can you know, if I just know that, uh, you know, something's not going to happen until a, a certain date, I can plan and I can figure out how to get there. Right now, there's no date certain as to what the next stage is. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way to plan because there's nothing there to plan to. Mm-hmm. And that's what's very, very hard for businesses right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the impacts of these recent challenges are have obviously been challenging, for lack of a better term. Um, And I think that there's a lot of there's a lot happening, but it doesn't always feel like things are necessarily landing, if that makes sense. And so in your ideal world, um, what do what what are the practical things that businesses need in order to navigate this time and navigate future like months? Um, some of the, well, and and right now, because there's just such uncertainty, right? Right. Um, we, you know, the, the governor has rolled back, you know, in-house dining and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, movie theaters and family entertainment centers had to close again. It's so hard to figure that out right now Mm -hmm. that it's so uncertain, you know, um, was on our Riverside County Economic Recovery Task Force meeting yesterday you know, and there's there's rumblings in Sacramento that there may be some more closures coming again soon, mm-hmm. um, which is scary because there are businesses who are just barely getting to the point where we're at right now. And if some of them are impacted even more than they already are, there's some of them that they, they're just at a point where they may not be able to go any farther. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, it's so hard to 
point to something that they might be able to do or be able to anchor themselves to to get them through it because of the complete uncertainty right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that I was going to try and build initially I, my thought process was that we could talk a little bit about what Riverside County or cities could do in this time to help members um, and I understand that there's a it's it's very nuanced right now because there's so much uncertainty but do you think that you could point to like three things that the local community can do to get behind businesses whether that is like yeah. the municipality or just like the general public yeah um, so a couple of things one is is obviously chambers we're we're very big on you know shopping local mm-hmm. and promoting that that concept obviously we have we've all been doing that we, we and the great thing is we've seen other entities that normally wouldn't necessarily do that also encourage that mm-hmm. which is fantastic you know uh consciously spending money with businesses that are not necessarily you know the national brands um now there's a slight caveat to that because you have franchises which sometimes have national brands, but they're usually local owners. Mm-hmm. You know, are um, the local witch witch here? It's a national brand. There's witch witches all across the country, but the one that's here is owned by a local person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those are some of the things that if people could educate and, and really dive into and find out for sure, and then spend their money there that makes a big difference because that goes a really long way within their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing too is, is that businesses need to constantly be looking at what they can do to pivot mm-hmm. or to um, create new opportunities for them. Um, we've been working with businesses since March with this concept of mm-hmm. what can you do to pivot? What can you do to expand your reach, your market, um, you know, whether it's it's moving to delivery um, or, you know, or utilizing some other businesses that are in the Valley to help promote you or, or get your services um, or products out to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, those are critical, um, you know, and sometimes it's, it's taking, it's taking old concepts and making them new again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it, but it's being open to that, so not focusing on it's so bad, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't understand why why they're making these decisions. Instead, it's it's okay, how do I accept what's going on and move and figure out how to get more traffic, get more, you know, or or how do I how do I streamline what I'm doing? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't do everything I was doing mm-hmm. and I only focus in on a few things that can get me through this. Um, so it's really that and then but then having that local support is is very very critical Mm -hmm, definitely so you kind of touched on a few of the different I guess examples of innovation in this time so do you have um, examples from maybe your businesses within the chamber of how they have adapted to the current circumstances and maybe shifted um, in the midst of the disruption that's taken place because of COVID-19 um, yeah, there, there, there's a bunch of different ones. Um, I'll go back to the mill and kind of uh, tell one of the things that they had done in the very beginning, which was just what I was saying, which is kind of going back to an old idea and using it again. So, you know, the mill is really, it's all about coming in, sitting down and having a great meal and, and spending some time there. 
Um, they did, you know, they weren't doing deliveries. They, you know, they did some to go stuff, but not a ton of it. So everything gets shut down. They're down to, they can only do either curbside pickup or delivery. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first thing they did was, is, is decided, okay, we're going to keep a couple of our employees on and turn them into delivery drivers. Mm -hmm. And they started doing delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, they, uh, and, and obviously then they expanded their curbside pickup and created a way to do that much more effectively through their website. Um, but not necessarily having to utilize, um, some of the, those online platforms, you know, like the Grubhubs and whatever, because mm-hmm. sometimes those can take a very large percentage of your, of your revenue. Mm. So they created that themselves, but the really unique thing that they did was, and they, and it was a twofold thing was, is they, they decided that they were going to make these take home pizza kits, which is not a new concept. I mean, this has been around for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. but everyone loves their pizza. So they just put it together. It was very easy for them to do. They're already doing it. And, but then they went on social media and they went like crazy and started posting videos, mm-hmm. but then they engaged the community. And what they did was, is they said, come get your pizza kits take them home, but we want your videos. We want your pictures. We want you to, you know, share a picture of your end product, uh, do a video of you and your family put making the pizza. It went crazy every, and I mean, they went from not doing them at all to like, I want to say, I think one day he sold like 300 of those. Oh I mean, it was crazy, but it's, it's, again, it's not necessarily creating something completely new. Mm -hmm. It can be taking something old, but making it new and engaging in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's where you, you know, you, the innovation is, is you gotta have this one new little twist to it. And that was it. And, and so it's, it's not necessarily all about just, um, you know, completely changing your format. It's, it's finding a little niche that you can use to your Mm -hmm. advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really encouraged by that story. I think that that's awesome. And even, even how they've like almost closed the loop with like how they've promoted themselves as well with bringing in the public, engaging the public and almost creating like a sense of like, yeah, this is like my local pizza shop and like, this is what they're doing. And this is how they're like brightening someone's day um, right here, right now in like the trenches of COVID. So I think that's awesome. Um, kind of uh, switching gears a little bit, but where do you see development headed for Marietta and Waldemar? Maybe just, I guess you you have representation from all of the Southwest cities in Riverside County. So where do you see development headed, um, headed just generally speaking, I guess? Yeah, uh, you know, there's still a huge, well, so you have a couple different aspects. So you have, um, there's still going to be a lot of interest in development in our area on tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, because of wine country, because we're right next to it. Um, you're still going to be, even with the downturn right now, obviously tourism has taken a huge hit, you know, 80, 90% reduction in, in revenues and bookings. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to last forever there. It's going to turn around. And, and I do believe that our area is poised to take advantage of it once it does kind of really reopen because you look at any of the statistics that are out there, those that are looking to travel in the, in the near future, they're looking at, you know, one to do it via car. 
because most people don't still don't want to get on a plane mm -hmm. and they too they want to go to somewhere where they have they have the opportunity for being outdoors uh enjoying nature enjoying the outdoor aspects of it the wineries play into that we've got you know lake elsinore we've got skinner lake we've got santa rosa plateau we have a really unique uh, environment down here that mm -hmm. really plays right into that. Mm. So I think that we're positioned to be able to take advantage of that when the time is right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not there yet, but I think we're getting closer. Um, but I still think that that's going to grow a lot more. So I think you're still going to see over the next five years or so, a lot of interest still in, in more hotels, um, the possibility of some higher end hotels, mm. um, uh, to play off of, of that, that, that want and need down here. Mm -hmm. The other aspect is still is the, the medical industry, the healthcare industry is huge down here. Um, and that is, there's still a huge interest in that. You know, we've got, um, Kaiser is, is I think, um, thinking about working on their second phase of their project here, which is eventually will be their full campus. Um, you have, uh, the, uh, a couple of, um, Skilled, skilled nursing centers that have just opened. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we're working with the city on the Myriad Innovation Center to really start um, trying to do more to enhance and promote uh, biotech and health, um, you know, the healthcare industry, mm -hmm. um, trying to either grow some of our own or attract some from either San Diego or Silicon Valley area mm -hmm. and see what we can do about kind of really in, in enhancing that. We have Marietta Genomics in there, first genomics, you know, biz, um, company in in the county, um, and you know, working directly with Jay on on some ideas and some programs there to help you know uh, facilitate that more. Um, and then I think you you're, you're going to see some very interesting um, concepts between kind of kind of in that. Um, tourism entertainment aspect, right? So you've got Lake Elsinore with, you know, Storm Stadium in the lake. Um, uh, they're gonna, they'll end up uh, building out their, um, uh, their sports center that's gonna be right next to the, uh, the diamond there, which will be a big volleyball center, which mm -hmm. is gonna bring in huge amounts of, um, you know, tournaments from all over the country mm -hmm. and, and different aspects, but it's also gonna create opportunities for other things. Um, You've got uh, Murrieta Town Square Park is going through a huge renovation, and that can is going to become a huge opportunity for um, uh, entertainment, outdoor entertainment, concerts, things of that sort. Mm. Um, so I think that you're you're seeing a really nice, well-rounded concept down here with some really good base industries mm -hmm. that have um, not just you know any jobs, but good good paying jobs. Um, and that's kind of one of the focuses is making sure that the businesses that we grow and attract here are ones that have a good, um, you know, uh, job base, um, not just, you know, necessarily all, uh, you know, minimum wage jobs and those types we were looking and, and, and I think with the, um, expansion of MSJC and their campus at Temecula Valley, okay. uh, that's going to have a huge role, um, for developing out a lot of that, but mm -hmm. also 
working with that. And then as my, my role on the Workforce Development Board with the county, I think that there's going to be huge opportunities to create some unbelievable training programs, mm -hmm. certificate programs with a lot of the industries in the in the valley down here. Totally. I hear a lot of synergy in, in all of those things that you just mentioned too, yeah. the training, the workforce, the pipelines mixed with a variety of different in, in industries being represented in the Southwest area. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast today. I really appreciate your investment um, in the Riverside County region and um, just the enthusiasm that you bring to the businesses that you represent as well as just the business community at large um do you have any final remarks before we sign off for the day no i i, I thank you for the opportunity um you know i i'm i'm excited every time i get to talk with rick bishop and, and learn more <laughs> about wrcog and the different initiatives and programs and things that are going on i'm always excited because you know i think the more we're all working together the better off it is for everybody mm -hmm. um so I just really excited about what's going to take place uh, especially in river in western riverside county over the next you know 10 years or so it's going to be really exciting awesome me too well thank you so much thanks rachel for more information on wrcog and the cogcast please visit our website at www.wrcog.us for more information about Riverside County's efforts on COVID-19, please visit rivcoph.org slash coronavirus.